irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. Greetings to those of you watching on Facebook Live. It's always nice to be seen in this venue, as well as being heard by listeners that are have been subscribing and sharing this podcast through iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio. Thank you. Reach out to me if you're interested in being a guest on this show If you are looking to work with an intuitive psychotherapist, you're welcome to email me, lisa at nolatherapy.com. That is my website. It's the abbreviation for New Orleans Los Angeles Therapy.com. I have offices in both cities, and I do phone, Skype, and FaceTime sessions with clients worldwide. So don't let your location prevent you from reaching out to me for us to work together. Um, Please join my email list at NOLA Therapy. I would love to be able to get to you information about upcoming guests, about my book due out, having to do with self-forgiveness and empathy and healing our core wounds through those two modalities. I'd like to just keep you informed with with other people that I respect in the mind, body, and spirit world about their work and books. So go to nolatherapy.com and add your email to my list. It means a lot to me. Follow me on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I am under NOLA Therapy. And um, I think that's it on that end. And if you're moved to support my work through the crowdfunding campaign I have with Patreon, please go check them out. They are a wonderful platform for podcasters and writers, musicians. Patreon.com forward slash all things therapy. I have a delightful guest today, and what was special for me is imagine when there's someone's work that you followed for a number of years, and then all of a sudden a publicist emails you and asks, do you want to interview them? And it's like, oh my God, hell yes, I want to, and that is the case for today. This is a husband and wife team, Deborah Burnt Maldonado and her husband, Dr. Rob Maldonado, have been working for years, reaching hundreds of thousands of people. The work with the work that they have been doing around mastering love, work, and success through empowered relationships. They base their work upon Jungian spiritual psychology and are the founders of the Center of Jungian Positive Psychology in California. They offer many things. They offer a certification for you to become a Jungian life coach, combining depth psychology with positive depth psychology, positive psychology with coaching. And I'm going to ask Deborah more about what that means for us in our healing journey, how to empower ourselves, etc. They have been featured on ABC, NBC, Fox News, Cosmopolitan, The Huffington Post, Inc. Magazine, just to name a few. And individually, Deborah is a best-selling author of her book, Let Love In, Open Your Heart and Mind to Attract Your Ideal Partner, she has a wonderful YouTube channel. If you want to check it out under Deborah 
Bert Moldonado, B-E-R-N-D-T hyphen M-A-L-D-O-N-A-D-O. There are meditations. They have their own podcast um, on various topics centered around relationships, work, different psychological perspectives on coaching. I've been I've been listening to them for a long time. And Dr. Rob himself is an internationally recognized professional as a human behavioral and relationship expert. And unfortunately, Dr. Rob has a really bad cold as, and is unable to join our interview, but he's he's here with us uh, next to Deborah. So welcome, Deborah. Uh, well, uh, thank you so much for, uh, for being here. Sorry, Rob couldn't make it. Uh, he's here in spirit. Yes. He's, uh, his energy's here, so we'll just pretend. And he's send him listening healing. quietly to this wonderful conversation. We're thank going to you. Have. Where Where do you want to start us, Deborah, on the work that you both have been doing for so many years? Wow. Um, well, I, I I think the first thing that I'd like to start with is that no matter what happened to you in the past, no matter how hard you've had it, you have unlimited potential to create whatever you want. And there's no excuse that you, that, that is valid for you not to have what you want. And so whether it's having the great relationship you dream of or the great business that you want or um, the abundance and, and living your purpose or creating a mission, if you have that desire, it is already ready for you to step into it. And so what we, our work does is help you see how it's already there and how to get out of your own way so you can live the life you've always wanted to. You and Dr. Rob talk about patterning and how our patterns mm-hmm. show up in both our love life and in our business lives. Can you talk to us mm-hmm. about that? Yeah, sure. Um, when we start out in life, we need basically skills to survive. So as children, we learn and adapt our behavior and our emotional life and, uh, and our actions all based on the people around us. So we basically come up with what we call the survival kit. So if you grew up in a family that didn't show a lot of emotion, you might hide your emotions because that's just what would happen it best for you to fit in, assimilate and survive. Um, if it, you were in a dramatic family where everyone was mm-hmm. losing it, maybe <laughs> you feel like you need to be loud too, because that's the only way you get attention. And so we, we start off with just our family and then we move into school. And actually what most people don't realize is that we're more conditioned by our peers than we are by our, our internal family, that because makes we end up, because we have to live with our peers. I mean, we don't hang out with our parents. When we become young adults, we start uh, socializing with our peers. So it's really important And I think a lot of people focus so much on their early childhood and forget about, well, what happened in school and how do I, how did I fit in? And um, we end up creating what Jung called, uh, Carl Jung called the persona, which is this mask that we wear Mm. to help us survive and adapt to the different people that show up. And uh, so when we um, get into as early as kindergarten, there's the, the princess and then there's the smart kid and then there's the bully and. Um, everyone kind of plays their little roles and falls into place. And then we believe that that character is who we are. And we live our life based on that conditioning. And about midlife, around 30, 35, we start to think, okay, I have these other desires, these, these, these um, 
survival mechanisms that I've used are, are not really serving me anymore. They're actually holding me back. And, uh, and we, we get this point where we, we want to break free. And for everyone, it happens differently. For sometimes it's just a, a divorce or losing a job. Or for me, it was at 35, I lost my job and my, uh, broke my engagement in the same week wow. <laughs> and then lost the house that we lived in. We had to move out. And so I was home, I call it my homeless, manless and jobless phase. Okay. And in that time, a lot of people think, what happened? What, what, uh, you know, this terrible thing has uh, disrupted your life. And at that point I knew that I was on the wrong track. There was something off and it was a chance to start over. And so we have these moments to break free of that conditioning and to really discover who we really are. And that's what um, uh, Carl Jung's work is all about. It's not about really fixing the past, but it's understanding why it was useful for us to create these patterns and behaviors and how we can step outside of them and have the courage to really be true to ourselves. I'd love for you to talk to us some more about the perspective of Jungian psychology. I'm not an expert in the archetypes or in mm-hmm. that perspective. And I was hoping for you to share some of that with us and how you were even drawn to working from this paradigm and modality in comparison to, to the others that are out there. Uh, that's a great question. I first started out as a hypnotherapist. Oh. So it was more of a Freudian model. And yeah. the difference between Freud and Jung and is very, it's just, a. I mean, they're, they had some philosophical differences. One thing Freud had, uh, his idea was that his ideas were his ideas and you couldn't really grow and expand on them. And where Jung was always thinking, yeah, we're, we keep learning and understanding and, and I'm op- his, his stuff was open for interpretation. And what happened was when he, Freud was an atheist and he believed that the unconscious or the subconscious mind was more of a kind of a, a program that we just run and it, it doesn't really have any life to it. It's just kind of a, a repository, like a computer. Yes. And Jung thought of the mind and consciousness is much deeper. And he saw us that there's a spiritual element, a universal mind. He called the collective unconscious that was beyond just our personal experience in life, that there's something deeper that connects us. So a lot of people call him the father of the personal development because of new age movement, because right. he was so you know, kind of bringing spirituality into modern, into psychology and Jung and, and of course, Freud did, was an atheist and he thought it was ridiculous to think about intuition or synchronicity or anything other than what, like scientific. And so they kind of split. And so Jungians see our, our, our mind is less of a computer, but more of an active, alive aspect of our psyche that we have access to beyond just our personal experience, beyond just what happened to us as kids and how we were conditioned, that there's this other part of our mind that contains unlimited possibilities and information that connects us all in a deeper, deeper way. So his idea was that an individual starts off, like I said, in that conditioning, but then about midlife, they start to break away. And then if we know how to access that part of our mind, the bigger part of our mind, we're able to be guided on a, on a, a journey to know who we really are. And um, he, you know, he talks about archetypes. He talks about the shadow, those, those terms. Yes. And uh, I mean, there's so much I could talk so about much. in all of these. So, but generally he wants um, people to access these aspects of ourselves and seeing that through 
the patterns that we see, the people that show up in our life and the dreams that we have, uh, when we visualize the images that come to our mind are all coming from this deeper place that can show us basically a map of where we can go on our journey to create what we want. So if we're stuck in love and we're attracting, keep attracting unavailable people, Jung says that you're seeing your shadow, you're seeing the aspect of your personal unconscious first, but then you can follow dreams and the dreams will have symbols and, and information to show you exactly where you're stuck and where your misperception is and what, what is really in the way of you finding that true love, that, that merging of the beautiful masculine and feminine or the, the soulmate experience that we want in life. And so he, he just had a broader idea of what our mind is and that every human being has access to this. And st by studying cultures all over the world, he was able to see that there's a lot of commonality, uh, the common stories that show up, um, the, the hero, uh, the, the, the uh, divine person in every culture, there was like a divine person, there was a divine mother. Mm -hmm. And, and he just started, that's what he started noticing and he, he called them archetypes that there's these universal patterns. So we have our conditioned patterns from our little personal life, but then there's these universal patterns that we can actually um, see and live in our, our life a much bigger way. If we understand what those patterns are telling us in dreams and, um, and in our life as they show up um, just in, in random occurrences. I really like the comparison that you gave between Freud and Jung. When I think mm -hmm. of Freud, I think of drives, predominantly sex yeah. and aggression. And yeah. almost I conceptualize him as, as like psychological Darwinism and survival mm -hmm. of the fittest and, and really looking at ourselves through that lens. Whereas mm -hmm. Jung talking, uh, like being a forefather of, I think, the higher consciousness movement in America, for sure. Mm -hmm. I don't know a single person that, that doesn't reference the collective unconscious and the archetypes mm -hmm. in some way, shape, or form as examples of who we either would like to be more of or who we'd like to unlearn being. Mm -hmm. and, and when you brought up the shadow and even about unavailable love and, and how we're encountering, how we're meeting a version of ourselves in another person, can you mm -hmm. talk to us more and how you might work with women on figuring out, first of all, what their patterns are and then what to do about them? Well, the first step we would look at is what is our, what do, we, what do we want in life? What do we consciously want? And then look at the gap between what we want and what we're actually okay. getting. And so the first step is that everything in your life right now, the money you have, the love you have, the success you have is a hundred percent your responsibility. Yes. And that's a hard pill to swallow. And it, this is not about blaming yourself. This is about knowing that if it's your responsibility, then you have the power to change it. Mm -hmm. If you don't start off there, then you're, you're off the rails already. So it, there's no external force that's creating anything outside of you. So you're, you're seeing a, a reflection of your mind. So the next step would be, um, I mean, there's you know, a lot of depth to Jung's work, but uh, one, a simple step people can start looking at is there's a reason why you're only getting this limited experience. So whether it's love or money or success, there's something in you that if you had that new experience is threatened. And so we created an ego, which is our kind of our sense of I, it's our survival kind of part of our mind that 
keeps up the, the appearances for people. It wants us to socialize and belong. And a lot of times the things we want is in contrast to that uh, ability to survive. And, you know, from a logical standpoint, you look, I'm not going to die if this person doesn't like me. But the ego has been conditioned from its early, early on that, yeah, people need to like me or things are going to really go south for me. Yes. So we have this like assumption deep inside unconsciously that's still driving that uh, that current result. Now, we can't look at it directly because it's unconscious. So the only thing we can do mm. is work with our emotions. And um, and that's something we can really get a handle on. So the, the very first thing we have people do is face their shadow, which is that personal conditioning. And the shadow is... Um, when we create a persona, say we want to create the persona of the the smart person, you know, and the okay. likable person, the, what goes in the shadow is the stupid, mean, terrible person that no one likes. Okay. So what, do, what kind of patterns do we create to keep that people from like that part of us that feels unlikable, unlovable, um, or, or, me, or wants to be mean, but can't uh, keep us locked in to that survival of holding up that persona. And so what we tend to do is we tend to avoid being a certain way. Like we avoid being mean or avoid Mm. looking stupid. So that powerful force of us avoiding that in the shadow creates our inability to create something new because we think uh, the ego thinks if I go out and start a new business, I'm going to look like a fool. If I put my heart out there for this person, this new person, I'm going to look like a fool. Um, I just don't, you know, we don't want, no one wants to feel that way. And in that fear of that feeling that way, we end up creating more of feeling alone, feeling not getting enough. And we're really just stuck in our old survival patterns. So think about someone in your life that triggers you. Okay. Someone who really annoys you and irritates you and it's kind of like gets under your skin and, and those people that are really sticky that, you know, you can't really let get them off your mind, mm-hmm. you know, you just carry them in your mind and you're just like, whoa, you want them to change and they're so irritating, but they're in your life. It could be someone you work with or an ex or, or someone you're currently in a relationship with and, uh, that and uh, something about them irritates you and name three adjectives about them. So whether they're selfish or or mean or whatever those three are. And then say to yourself, the second question is, how do I um, avoid being like that person? And so I, you know, if they're selfish, you would say, oh, but I'm very giving and I'm, I'm this and I'm that. And then the third question would be, how is that limiting my life? And when I ask that third question, people are like, oh, mm-hmm. I can't be selfish. So I can't go and start my own business because my family will think that's selfish of me and not being responsible or, you know, so we start to see our mind, how it's creating these patterns and limiting us and holding us back. And it's really coming from inside. But it appears out there, it appears that there's not enough opportunity or it appears that there's not enough love out there for us. And so that's just a little taste of we're getting a piece of our shadow. 
And it's until we're ready to integrate it, which means that we're willing to look stupid. We're willing to look irresponsible. We're willing to fail. That's when we can really, the true self really comes out because then we're not really acting to get approval from everyone else. We're actually acting with freedom and choice to what we want to create. And it's so amazing how we, when we step out and and step into that powerful self, how it's like, it's like the universe rolls out the red carpet and things start to appear for us that we never thought would appear if we didn't take that action. But most of us are so convinced that something terrible is going to happen. If I, if I break up this, this little survival uh, package that I've created for myself, these conditioned patterns, if I step outside of them, something terrible is going to happen. And so most people do not do that. But it's our duty and it's, it's actually our, our purpose in life to break away from that conditioning. The first part of life is to build it up and survive and you did a great job. But now it's time to see what you're made of and see what's possible. And that's what's really exciting about his work is that starting with that shadow level, then you can go deeper into your psyche and access so much more. But until you do the shadow work, it's really the first line of defense for you to access your greater self. So I'd like to go a little deeper here, Deborah, because I actually had in my notes to ask you and you began to speak about it before I even asked this process that you just walked us through around Mm -hmm. identifying a person who does trigger us and identifying Mm -hmm. aspects about them. And so, and I feel like in my brain, like I really want to get this. So I'm just going to use what what came up for me is there's a person I've, I've known professionally and I perceive this individual to rub me the wrong way and that I experience them to be rude and dismissive. And so working mm-hmm. from this perspective, okay, I get, I, I know I avoid trying to be rude and dismissive with people. And then that, that third question, how, how does avoiding being rude and dismissive affect my life? Is that the third step of this? Well, the second question you didn't answer is how do, how do you avoid being rude and dismissive? So what do you, what I do try, you do that? I know. What, I, what do you do that? I actively try not to be, I try to, to. So what would that be? What would be the opposite of being rude? I guess at moments, and I try not to be people-pleasing, but I still might lapse into mm-hmm. that sometimes. So I think there's moments of, authentic, I try to respond authentically, yet I know there might be times where I might uh, be a little fake or people-pleasing. to Because you have to lie because you can't be rude. Yes. Or, you know, okay. you you've, oh, that would be rude. And so, like indirect. You, you end up being more indirect sometimes. Indirect. Yes, that's a better way to say it than yeah. inauthentic. Yes. <laughs> I'm not a liar, but... Thank you. But, it, <laughs> but we all do. We're great liars. I mean, that's we're conditioned to lie. We're mm. conditioned to um, really um, just hide what we really feel. And, um, and of course, we don't want to be to that extreme of rude. <laughs> but if you took a little bit of a risk that I'm going to tell this person how I really feel because I need to say it um, and w- risk that them thinking I'm rude, but you know, I just feel like I need to say this for me, uh, the, how powerful would that be? Mm-hmm. And what we often think is that if we don't say anything, we're actually being nice, but we're actually hurting the other person mm. because you see so many people, you know, we're in LA, a lot of celebrities, how many celebrities have we seen that someone should tell them, you know, hey, that doesn't look good, you know, right. or 
I mean, look what happened to Michael Jackson. Like no one told him, you know, that you're, you're going a little overboard here with a plastic surgery, yeah. you know? And it, it's like, because they were, well, I guess they wanted his money to, to follow through, but you know, even just little things in life, if we just are willing to be direct and honest, it, it helps people, yeah. but we hurt people by we just pleasing them too much. And then it just reinforces their pattern. And I think we're all raised to um, not create waves mm -hmm. and not create conflict. And actually, when we grow, we have to create conflict because conflict creates change. And it's the only way we have if in relationships. When I was dating, I would yeah. never, ever bring up or ultimatums on guys. I would just be like the pleasing. And then if it didn't work, I would just hope that the guy would do the right thing. Of course, they never did. Mm -hmm. And um, it was when I started to say, hey, this is what I want. And I was willing to put myself out there. Things started to shift because I wasn't putting up with that behavior anymore. And I was willing to just speak my truth and become from a place of power. And if more of us did that, the more, um, the better relationships we would have, because I find that even with friendships, if we're really rawly honest, the people that we really are close to, we have conflicts with and we talk it out and it's, it's a beautiful part of intimacy, but we're all conditioned to keep it keep it, uh, keep it sane. And then look what happens on social media. The, the opposite happens. People are, they're hiding. They have all this anger that they're not expressing. And so it comes out on social media where they're anonymous. Absolutely. And so <clears throat> it really is good for all of us to be fully expressive. And of course you can do it in a compassionate way. It doesn't have to come across as rude, but you can't control how that person's going to perceive it. And that's the, that's their stuff. And to remember that. So I'm thinking and so that's the shadow. It's like you're pushing away what you're the, it's like energy that you're just kind of pushing like a beach ball that you're putting under the water yeah. and you're holding it down and it, and it, and it turns into, for, especially mm. for women, it turns into anger and it's like frustration and it's like, ah, uh, like it's just heavy energy. And we just, and we just feel mad at that person for putting us in that position but it's really that it's just energy that we need to express and we can do it in a very compassionate, loving way and direct. And I'm thinking that what you're saying right now, I'd like to address after a quick commercial break around the work you and Dr. Rob do on empowered communication versus disempowered mm -hmm. communication, because I'm thinking yeah. in a step once we realize how we need to show up for ourselves differently and maybe cause mm -hmm. some waves, then, then how do we do that without blowing every relationship up, so to speak? So can we get to that after this quick break? We sure can. Okay, thank you. Indeed, listening is the new reading. With Audible, you can listen to an unlimited amount of books at home, in your car, at the gym, anywhere on the go. With over 180,000 audiobooks to choose from, for you, the listener of All Things Therapy, Audible is offering you a free audiobook download and a month-long subscription for you to try them out. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash all things therapy now and enjoy. 
yourself and friends, find a purpose in life, then you are in the right place and be a part of the crowdfunding campaign of patreon.com forward slash all things therapy with Lisa Tahir as she initiates a one-on interaction with inspiring authors, healing experts, and spiritual directors. Join the League of Heroes of this generation by contributing your quota between a dollar up to a hundred dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash all things therapy. Let's make the world free of suicide, poverty, depression, and in all, make the world a better place for everyone. Welcome back. I am with Deborah Burnt Maldonado. Her husband, Dr. Rob Maldonado, is with us silently as he's getting over a cold. <laughs> and so, Deborah, let's let's move along the spectrum of of identifying our shadow aspects. Clearly, kind of getting a picture of of like for me, avoiding being rude. I'll just use myself as the example since we're talking about it. Avoiding uh, being. Uh, actually being indirect sometime as opposed mm-hmm. to as direct as might be helpful. So, so then what, how do, how do you and Dr. Rob help us to change this pattern and show up differently? Well, I think the, one of the, the things we teach is to work with the emotion that arises when someone is rude to you. Like, so this rude person that you mentioned. Um, so do you just kind of spend some time just, uh, we call it metaconsciousness, which is above the consciousness. You're just watching yourself (laughs) being the witness to this feeling that arises without trying to fix it Mm -hmm. without trying to push it away and it like i said it it feels like a beach ball under the water you're just kind of like we've been pushing it down you're just letting it rise up come up to the surface and you're just letting it be there and you're just watching how your mind is trying to defend against that rudeness to you know i she's me you know it's it's trying to get power you know Mm -hmm. it's it's trying to um push it away, you know, push this feeling away or your ego, it kind of turned for women. It turns into this, um, uh, over analysis. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Have you ever experienced that where you're just like, your mind is spinning and spinning. And so you're just sitting there and you're just watching it happen. And and just what you're doing is you're actually bringing awareness to this feeling instead of just getting lost in the analysis. You're just kind of watching it. So you're not buying into it. You're just going, Ooh, that's interesting. And then once you realize that it's just really this, um, this kind of story that your mind is telling, then it kind of loses its power. And then when you go off and you have to speak up, you don't have that same need to avoid being like that because you've already faced it in yourself and the defense won't be as strong and you'll be able to clearly express how you really feel. And really, truly, I don't really believe that you have it, have it, have a certain script. It's just speaking from your heart and speaking clearly of what you want. And I know the first couple of times, if this is something new for people outside of your pattern, you will feel nervous. I remember yeah. the first time I started speaking up, I mean, I would shake and I would just like, uh, I would write notes to myself. Right. I'm going to confront this person. We don't want to do it. We, we're, are, we're conditioned to, to please. We're conditioned not to make waves. So we're breaking through. And what happens is when we have that conversation, all this energy starts to return back to us. We, we, all the energy that we've given to this other person to approve of us or to like us is retrieved for us. And we start going, okay. And then all of a sudden, it really doesn't matter if that person agrees with you or disagrees with you. 
um, believes what you have to say. There's no agenda. It's just you fully expressing yourself. And then all of a sudden you're going to see this pattern, how it's been holding you back in every area of your life and things start to free up. What I've seen happen is a lot of people um, have these cha- changes to their body physically. Interesting. Uh, they uh, lose weight. Some of them have stopped compulsive eating or um, overeating. And some women uh, stop feeling depressed. They start feeling more alive because the energy is being used now. It's not just being shoved in the shadow. Mm. And in this, like, the, like I said, the beach ball under the water, we're just holding it down and trying to survive, we're actually using all the energy that we have in our psyche to create from. And that's where all ideas start to, it just, it's a freeing experience. So you and Dr. Rob, what you teach predominantly women, is that correct in your mm-hmm. work? That yeah. That's the, who you're targeting to reach. And what well, do you, and maybe you want to say something about that. Well, it's just because women have a natural um, affinity to Jung's work Mm. because we are so creative. And and I I do believe it's a perfect psychology for women because of the archetypes that you can access and and the uh, the creativity that's involved and the 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 way we work with visualizations and dream interpretations. I think women are naturally um, able to do that. I also think that women are really the key to transforming our world. We need to bring the soul back into the world. Uh, Carl Jung called it anima mundi, the soul of the world. We need to um, get out of our heads and get into our hearts again. And I believe that this work is a really great way to do that. And personally, I'm a woman, so I'm really passionate about women reaching their dreams, not being held back uh, from what the society tells them they can do or can't do not being submissive in love and relationships with men um, to really find their power. And so that's been my personal mission. And so that's why we like women. (laughs) We work with women. You know, and I really like in the work that you and Dr. Rob do that you very uh, verbally and outwardly correlate the experiences of our love life, our work life and our financial life. Because mm-hmm. for so long, I've thought there's a correlation between love and money in, in my mm-hmm. life and in the life of, of other clients that I work with and kind of how we view even our, our attachment style relating to how we, we have our relationship with finances, with money, and with love. And you and Dr. Mm-hmm. Rob talk about that in your Empowered Relationship uh, course that, that I was listening to recently. Can you talk to us more about that? Yes, it's... I, 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 it's really the, of course, the money really and, and love comes through other people. And the way we relate to people by default is how we've been conditioned to relate, like I talked about earlier. So the patterns that we have around money and, and love are going to be reflective in our relationships and how we believe where our power is. And what we know about consciousness is that we are connected to everything. Mm-hmm. So what we see out there is a reflection of our mind. There's no, nothing external separate from that. And what we tend to do, we tend to be programmed to see is that the world out there has power that we don't have. And so the, so our work is really about having us access that power within versus projecting our power onto men and money. 
And we women tend to do that. They like when the money comes in, then I'll feel that survival will, will um, feeling will come back. You know, I'll feel safe when there's a certain amount of money in my bank account, or I can't leave my corporate job because that paycheck gives me a sense of security. Mm-hmm. And so we're depending on something external to give us a feeling. Uh, when that love comes into my life, then I can feel loved. When I, I can feel wanted. But what happens is our mind is just going to play what we assume is out there and repeat the pattern of what we always have. And it's, it's like a bubble that we're in. And I, you have to like find a way to pierce that bubble and awaken yourself up from this like delusional dream that we're in that this is all there is. And, um, and you can't do it with just logic. You have to do it with tapping into these parts of your yourself that are right inside of you showing you exactly where you're off base. Why is it that we are wired, so to speak, towards habits or people, places and things that might not serve us or might even be hurtful in some cases? Because it, it, the ego, all it wants to do is survive. Mm-hmm. The yeah. part of our mind that created the conditioning, all it wants to do is survive. And so if it if, if you're breathing right now and you have relatively have a roof over your head, and even if you're in a, a terrible relationship, for some reason, your ego thinks this is as good as it gets. And so it's going to find a way to keep the status quo because you're living, you're alive. So for some people, like um, we need very little to survive. So, so we, but we weren't wired to, we we're wired to survive, but potential and our purpose is really to do more than survive. And, uh, and that's really, it's finding a way to transcend the ego and see ourselves as not as this persona and see ourselves as a deeper spiritual being that it can create whatever she wants. Mm-hmm. And that's really the transition. And it, it's hard to do because we look at our physical senses and it says, well, well, look at my bank account, Deborah, look at my the, my love life. Look at the guys that are showing up on, on online for me. Uh, or look at my husband. He's never going to change. So how can, how can you say this is me? Uh, but when we start to look and we start to understand what we're seeing is a reflective of something in us and something that we're holding ourselves back from having, then we can make a choice. But again, the first step is taking 100% responsibility. And so what makes sense for one person to survive doesn't make sense for another person. We are all uniquely conditioned. I don't believe in um, really having personality tests or, or putting people in buckets of yeah. the, because everyone is so unique. We all, even if you look in your, your life, if you have siblings, everyone was had different experiences growing up in the same family. So we all have a unique set of survival kit that works for us. And for some people, survival is constantly working, constantly working, stressing out that survival. Like that's kind of the way I learn. I learned to survive because I watched my parents work a lot and that's just how it's done. And other people it's survival is just, you know, settling for as little as possible, hanging on to everything I, I have saving, you know, because, you know, you never know when there's a rainy day and, and we just create these ideas about what it means to survive and it's unique for every single person. That's why individuation is so important because it's not a cookie cutter process. It's 
you discovering what your unique survival kit is and then you able to recreate your life how you choose. And it's just waking up from from the the unconscious conditioning that you're not even aware of. And I appreciate you saying that the the various inventories that have been popular in in recent years um, have never mm-hmm. quite resonated with me. I've never been drawn to even take them. They they just somehow mm-hmm. I feel like an aversion to, to them. Mm-hmm. Like I'd yep. rather go with them and know who am I and through what shows up. Like you were saying, giving me a snapshot of of what I'm thinking, what I'm believing by what my daily experiences are and 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 I feel I find that that's more exciting and and more accurate than answering a bunch of questions and then having a generated response that mm-hmm. probably a hundred other you're thousand measuring people your got. conditioning right yeah there. you're not even measuring who you are you're measuring this false false self the conditioned self uh the personality is just a conditioned self it's not even who we really are Right. And you know what, when you say that, that there's something really beautiful that I have to say about yeah. dreams, because when we start to really understand the messages in our dreams, we think we had a nightmare or we're dreaming about our childhood home or we're driving in a car with our mother and we don't know why she's not going the direction we want. If we, we understand what those symbols mean and what they're trying to say, it's like a bigger story. Mm. We start to see that there's another aspect of ourselves that's trying to help us out. It's like our psyche has an intelligence within us uh, beyond our personal experience that is trying to guide us, trying to show us, turn left here, turn right here. Here's where you're stuck. Here's where your attitude is off base. And, and, and it's for me, I've done a, tons of spiritual work my whole life yeah. and having dreams, uh, understanding them and understanding the messages in them have given me a direct experience of my divine self. I, I, I never, I don't doubt anymore that there's something more mm. to me than just my surface personality because of working with dreams. And Jung did incredible work with that. And again, it's not dream dictionaries because every unique person, their dream is very unique and a unique message for them only. And in a way that only they can really truly understand and has so much depth to it. So there's so much knowledge within us that we have access to. And it's really, to me, the most exciting part of our work is to help people really understand all the, the support they have within that intelligence that is guiding them and, and wanting them to be more, wanting them to live their purpose, wanting them to have great love and great um, success in life. And it's all there. It's just waiting there, waiting to be called upon for us to use and uh, change our life. What would you say for those listeners who might not remember their dreams or not have access to that conscious memory when they wake up of what they're dreaming about? Well, we always dream. We dream about three or four times a night. And so we always dream. And if we're not aware, uh, what I tell people is really quick tip Take a pen and paper, put it by your bed nightstand, and in the morning, uh, we'll set an intention. Ask yourself uh, to ask a question before you go to sleep. So it's, you know, what do I, what's my life purpose? Or when am I going to find my soulmate? Or what's in the way of me having a great relationship or having more money? Like, what is in the way? And then in the morning, if you don't remember anything, just write down, hmm, I woke up. You just write something down. And then if you do that a couple days in a row... It's like that intelligence is like, ooh, she's she's going to start paying attention now. I, 
have a feeling things are going to start um, start warming up. And so it, naturally, there's a, the psyche will start to wake you up in a, in a state where you have conscious memory. And so, and then the more you, you use your dreams, the more you'll dream and more dreams you'll have. And then even if you don't know what they mean, Jung says that if you just read the dream to you out loud, after you write it down, your psyche is already being transformed and That's you don't awesome. even have to know what it means. You're just reading it. So if you've had a dream, write it down and just read it and something will shift in you. That's awesome. And this, this is something that we all are made for. We're all made to individuate. So it's our, our psyche is naturally pushing us to that. So that's why we have these things that we call tragedies in life or things that setbacks in life. It's because this part of us is trying to wake us up. It's trying to say, Hey, there's a bigger world out there. Let's go, let's go play. Let's, yeah. let's go experience what it is. And, uh, and so when we have those like setbacks or those tragedies or things that stop us, uh, relationships that don't work out or jobs that don't work out. It's like a wake up call for us. And so we're constantly being drawn to this path. Thank you for that. So you, and, I'm sorry. I said, nothing is wasted. Everything is there for it's you. Useful. So I'm curious in our last few minutes, you and Dr. Rob are regularly offering seminars in person online can you share with us what is coming up what we can take advantage of to learn more we have this amazing new course if you loved what i talked about today mm -hmm. called empowered relationships for evolving women and it starts uh in february in a couple weeks and actually uh, by tomorrow night we have an early price that's 997 but if you go to Debbie and drrob.com slash LA talk. Okay. It'll take you right to the page and you can use the code LA talk, L A T A L K and get $300 off the nine ninety seven. Thank you so much. Yeah. That's and awesome. it's, it starts and it's going to be for love, for work, for living your purpose, how to, how to work with the shadow element, how, what's showing up in relationships around a lot of exercises it will blow your mind of how much power you have. It's, you'll feel like it's you're retrieving like little pockets of power at every class. It's going to be really a fantastic program. Thank you so much for that offer. Thank you. That's generous. You're welcome. And so for listeners to reach out for you and doc, to you and Dr. Rob, would it be through your website, Debbie and Dr. DrRob.com? Is that the best way? That's correct. Yes. Yep, Absolutely. I've had the best time talking to you. Thank you for being my guest. It's it's oh, you're welcome. such a special interview for me, knowing you and Dr. Rob's work. And will you please give him my regards for recovering quickly? I sure will. Awesome. But I like being the star, so it's okay. No, it's good. I'd be love to have you back on in, <laughs> in the future. So let's stay in touch. Yes, definitely, definitely. And, and you do great work, too. And uh, thank you for bringing uh, this great information to the L.A airwaves you're welcome and everywhere you it shows up and thank you bye deborah bye-bye take care you too that concludes my show today with deborah burnt maldonado her and her husband dr rob maldonado are just prolific in what they put out in the world with healing healing and transforming actually more than more than healing it's a transformational way to work by empowering yourself to take responsibility for your patterns and and change them 
through the way that you communicate to others and with yourself. Uh, I hope everyone has a wonderful week, and I look forward to being back with you next Thursday. Thank you. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only on LA Talk Radio.